The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Frank Griffith at Calvary Community Church in Brentwood, California. You'll find more information at calvarytruth.org. The title of our sermon is, Why is it so difficult to enjoy God's acceptance? That seems like a strange question, but it's what Paul answers in Galatians 3. And that's because this whole book is about faith and works, that he's explaining that salvation is is a gift that comes through faith and not a something that you earn through your works. And so how do we experience the, the acceptance that we should be receiving from Christ? Um, psychologists tell us this is the greatest desire of most people is to experience acceptance from the people they that are the most important people to them. And so they they want to experience acceptance. Acceptance is really almost a synonym for the word justification because justification is God declaring you to be right with him. You're in a right relationship with him when you're justified. And this is, for example, in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law, then he explains, For the law of the spirit of life, set him free, set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, let me explain just a little bit about that. The law of sin and death in this context, uh, in chapter 7, he shows how living by the law of God as, as the basis of your salvation is a big mistake because you're not saved by keeping the law. The law was given to give us a picture of what we ought to be like, but it is not the means of salvation. The means of salvation is is trust in Christ. Um, I've, I've mentioned before about a study that you can find on uh, YouTube, and it's called uh, Five Reasons, or no, I'm sorry, Five Things God Uses to, to Strengthen Our Faith. And he's talking about strengthening our faith in God. This is one of the, the things that we need so desperately is to have absolute confidence and trust in the living God that what he says we know he can do. And so in this, in that passage in Romans 8, it's saying there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life, that is, the, and he's talking the law in two different ways. The law, the Ten Commandments are referred to as law, but also there is the working power of things that are called, we have a, 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 one law that's called the law of gravity. We say that the law of gravity is always working and it always produces the same effects. Well, the law of the spirit of life is talking about how the spirit empowers and encourages and helps a person to be what they ought to be before the living God. And so what he's saying is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that is the Holy Spirit working in the life of Jesus, empowered him to do what he was called to do, which was to come into the world and stand in our place and suffer the penalty for our sins so that we could be accepted by the living God. And so this whole thing of the difficulty of enjoying God's acceptance is simply coming to understand that our acceptance with God is not based upon our works. It's not the, the way to, to uh, experience the acceptance of God is not through legalism. It's not through keeping the rules just right. Because Paul explains that it's very difficult to keep the rules. In fact, that, that is the law of God. He calls it, the reason he calls it the law of sin and death is simply that 
that it usually is not obeyed, that you may be obeyed one day, but the next day it will be disobeyed. And so to put, to put your weight on the law of God, to say, this is how I'm going to be saved. I'm going to keep the law of God. You are going to be very mistaken because you're not able to do that. You're not able to keep the law. And so Paul's going to deal with that and because so, he's trying to explain over and over from every direction that our salvation is based upon faith, confidence, trust in the living God. We trust Christ. And so we, we believe that when he died for us, it was payment in full for our sins. And that is the reason. And, and he came to fulfill what God had sent him to do, and he did that in the power of the Spirit. And that's why he says the law of the Spirit of life, kind of like the law of gravity, is what keeps you falling when you jump off a building. And uh, the law of the Spirit of life is what gives you the power to live a life of faith in the living God. And so he says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Jesus was empowered by the Spirit to go to the cross and stand in our place and pay the penalty for our sins. And now what we must do is have faith in him. We must trust him. And when we put our trust in him, our sins are forgiven, and we have entered into the sphere of God's acceptance. Or if you prefer, his justification. He has declared us to be right with him. And so we have acceptance with God. And this is why people who try to use the law to gain a sense of acceptance with God are making a mistake. And this is the first point we're going to look at in, in Galatians 3, verses 10 and 12. It says, acceptance with God can't be earned through law. And this is how it says it. The law demands perfection. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. In other words, he's saying everybody's going to fail to keep up the the laws they won't they won't obey the laws they will disobey them you may obey them one day but you will disobey them the next he goes on he says for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse that is every person who is trying to find acceptance with god through keeping the law is going to end up being under a curse because as it is written cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Or as Romans 7.24 says, Paul, after trying so desperately over and over and over again to keep the law perfectly, because he knew that the law could only do something good for you if you kept it. And if you ever broke it, then you lost your place. You didn't. You wouldn't get what you were trying to accomplish. And so Paul cries out in in Romans 7, 24, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? And he answers. And his answer is this, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And so he, he understood that it was Christ and Christ alone that could give him the acceptance he was looking for from the Father. And they're, they're, of course, in the human realm, people are seeking acceptance from those people that are important to them, and sometimes they never receive that acceptance, and it, it can really pr- uh, produce, create havoc in their life. And so what he's telling them, this is why you're having trouble enjoying the acceptance of God, is because you're using the wrong platform to find that acceptance with God. The way you find acceptance with God is faith in his son. 
This is what he has told us over and over again. It's what the Bible teaches. It's what Paul is arguing for. And so that's what he's talking about. He says, because it curses everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. It'd be like saying, well, you know, I'm going to latch onto this law and gain this perfect place with God by keeping the law. Well, what Paul says is you can't keep the law. It's, it's going to reveal the fact that you're not perfect. The fact is God knows that you're not perfect. There Maybe you have people in your life that don't know that you're broken and that you have sin in your life, but God knows it. He knows that we couldn't possibly keep the law perfectly. We're going to break it because it reveals the fact that our hearts are what they are. And so when Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? He was saying, I can't stand this. I can't stand this, this, what I'm going through because I'm trying, I'm looking to the law to be the basis of my acceptance with God. And yet I can't keep the law. And this is the way religion works is people go and they try to obey these laws and they try and they try and they try and they do pretty good for this day, but then they, they ended up falling, they end up falling into breaking the law. And so they never find the acceptance that, that they're looking for. And so this is exactly why you won't find acceptance in the law. And then number two, the law does not give life. When I said to you, I quoted from Romans 8, that there's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, because uh, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. How did it do that? It Because it was the spirit who empowered Jesus to fulfill this this. Uh, role that God had given him to come into the world and to die for our sins and to pay for every violation of the law that we had ever committed and so that we could be made right with God. And so the law doesn't give life, but the law of of Jesus Christ does. It's the Holy Spirit who gives you the power you need to obey God and to have a right relationship with him. And then the third thing he says is the law does not mix with faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he says, he who practices them, that is the commandments, shall live by them. You shall live by them if you keep them perfectly, in other words. But no one will ever keep them perfectly. So, and this is what, if you keep this in mind, that obeying the law, uh, the law of God, is the proof that we have been saved, but it's not the cause of us being saved. We weren't saved, we weren't forgiven, we weren't accepted, we weren't justified because we kept the law perfectly, because we didn't keep the law perfectly. But we do keep the law. It's just like he says in in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. In other words, God says, I didn't save you by your works because I don't want you to fall into this trap of, of being proud that you've accomplished something because you've been given a gift. Salvation is a gift from God to all who trust him. He has, he has offered this gift, and if you, if you trust him and you reach out to receive it, you will receive it. Because the only if you want to look to the laws to be the basis of your acceptance, you have to practice it perfectly forever. But the fact is, as Paul says in in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, because 
We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What he's saying is God saved us so that, so that good works would, could flow out of us and, and testify to the fact that we actually do have a relationship with God. It doesn't make you the perfect law practicer. It makes you a person who loves to obey the Father and loves to bear the fruit of obedience because you have put total and complete faith in him. And so what's the point? Well, even the righteous man, the person who does, you know, feels like he obeys the law perfectly, the well-behaved person, the law keeper, the doer of good, he does not live before God because of his conduct, but because of his trust in him. The only reason you have a relationship with God is because of your trust in him, your faith in him. This is what the Bible speaks about almost in every page, that we have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, when the Philippian jailer came to Paul and Silas and said, well, what must I, must I do to be saved? They said to him, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Not you must keep the law, you must start doing the right thing in every circumstance, but rather if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be given eternal life. So it's not just the man ignorant of the law, the Gentiles or the lawbreakers, the wicked Jew may be justified by faith. Anybody can be justified by faith if they put their trust in Jesus Christ. And so when we share the gospel with people, we don't know what their, their heart, where their heart is, but we know this. If they turn to Christ in faith, God will show them acceptance. He will accept them. He will justify them. We're told in 1 John chapter 5 that the same Holy Spirit who produced in him a perfect life that was in payment for us, he says that in 1 John 5, 11, and 12, this is what it says, what John says, this is the testimony that God has given to us eternal life. This life, this eternal life, in which he is going to tell us in John 17, is the ability to know God and to know Jesus Christ. And he says this life was given to us through Christ. If, we have, if you have Christ, if you have Jesus, you have his life. If you don't have him, you don't have his life, the eternal life. And then think of this, faith and faithfulness. The most faithful keeper of the law does not receive life by keeping the law, but by trusting God. The only way a person can be saved is by putting faith in Jesus Christ, trusting him for what he has done for them. Life comes when we believe, not when we perform. It isn't, uh, there isn't a, uh, your entrance exam in salvation is not to accomplish some great works. Your entrance exam is, will you trust God? Will you trust Jesus Christ? He has promised to save you if you put your trust in him. And so this is how he passes, passes the test. Now, acceptance with God must be received by faith. And so you can't, you, the law is no good for you as a means of coming to have acceptance with God through your own effort. And the reason for that is because only Christ redeems from the curse. That's what verse 13 tells us. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. That means the condemnation or the judgment of being a lawbreaker. So Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In other words, what left Jesus, the cross left him hanging there as a curse for us. He paid the penalty in full for our sins. 
And then we're told acceptance comes not through what you do, but through what Christ has done, and therefore has to be received by faith. Faith just means to trust. You trust Christ. You trust him as the Savior of your life because he has died as your substitute. He illustrates this by showing that even those who are under the law can only be delivered from its curse, curse by Christ's work. That's what he tells us in verse 13. And so we realize that our, our acceptance with God has to be received by faith, not by doing good works. And then this significant term, the, the term redeemed that's used here and also in chapter 4, verse 5, it's used of the deliverance of Christian Jews from the law of it and its curse. It was used by Paul in reference to, to Jewish people who came to faith in Christ and said, it's not, a good enough, it's not good enough for me to be a keeper of the law. I want Christ. And, he, and when they put their faith in Christ, the term that's used for the payment that was made for them is agarazza, which means the high price that has been paid for us. Revelation 5.9 says that that high price was Christ's blood. He shed his blood. It's just a, a description of his violent death under judgment in our place. He died for us. He died instead of us. And so this is how he paid the price. Acceptance with God must be received by faith. Well, why is that? Well, it's because only Christ bestows the blessing. Christ is the only one who is able to give us the blessing that we need to be saved in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Now, that's something that's not we're not familiar with a lot of times is the blessing of Abraham. But the Bible speaks of it all the time. It's God blessed Abraham simply because he believed him. He did nothing more than believe him and trust him. And our acceptance with God now our life before God is not out of fear and guilt trying to gain or maintain his acceptance, but out of gratitude for Him, his blessing us and accepting us. We have received his acceptance. And so acceptance has to do with our faith. Do you really believe you've been accepted because of Jesus Christ? That's the question. And so this is, this is his message. He wants us to know this. He wants us to understand that acceptance with God comes and is experienced through faith. And notice this. Why is that? Because, first of all, only Christ gives the Spirit. In, in the last part of verse 14, it says, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit is for our salvation, and we receive it through faith. We trust Christ. Jesus says to you, "You, if you put your faith in me, you will be saved. You will be accepted. You will be justified. You will have a perfect relationship with me. In Ezekiel 36, 27, which is way, way before the time of Christ, uh, God said through Ezekiel, he said, I will put my spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So keeping the law for the believer is simply exercising faith. It's putting faith. And so when the when the law of God tells us, that we are to love one another the way Christ loved us, uh, loving one another becomes the manifestation of the Spirit's work in our life. In John 14, 16, uh, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you the helper, that is the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. This is the glorious promise we have. Every person who puts faith in Christ receives the Spirit, and it is the Spirit who is able to empower you 
to walk in obedience with Christ and experience the great joy of obeying your Savior, the one who has saved you by his own life. And uh, having also believed, you were sealed in him, the, the Holy Spirit of promise, with the Holy Spirit of promise. What that verse is saying is, when you believed on Christ, you were sealed into Christ, which just is a very strong way of saying you were joined to him in a way that you'll never be separated. You were sealed in him, and you were sealed in him with the word, with the Holy Spirit of promise. The word uh, sealed was used in business practices when a person uh, was shipping a package, he would seal it by the highest authority that had, had control of it. And what it did, it proved that it, that it was owned by someone and that it was going to arrive safely in his possession. And what we are told is we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is our guarantee that we will be delivered into the presence of the living Christ, received and accepted by the Father. And then my, my acceptance with God must be received by faith. And the reason is, that the further reasons he gives is because only Christ gives the Spirit. And this is what he says in verse, in verse 14, the last part of it, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We receive the Spirit through faith, not through works, not through doing spectacular things, but by simply trusting God and his promises to us. So he says in Ezekiel 36, as we've already seen, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Why? Because you receive the spirit who empowers you to walk in obedience to Christ. In John 14, 16, he says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. The Bible tells us that every single believer has the Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as a Christian who does not have the spirit. It's one of those things that we're told very specifically that every Christian has the Holy Spirit living in them and living with them, and he is, a, he is the one who makes us acceptable to the Father. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, Having also believed, you were sealed in him, which is in Christ, with the Holy Spirit of promise. You have been sealed into Christ, which means you have been joined to him, and you can never be separated because the seal that you would have to break is the Holy Spirit. And he is guaranteeing you that you will always be connected to the Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity. And, and so we, what God wants us to learn from this is that the way we receive from him his precious promises is by trusting him. This is something brand new to us because our life on earth doesn't work this way very much. Uh, we do have those kind of relationships where our trusting a person is so important, and, and yet this is everything. The way that I receive everything from Christ is by faith, by trust, and what happens is I receive his promises. And so if you want to receive the, the promise that God accepts you, that you are his, that you belong to him, you can, you can receive that by faith, not by the works of law, but by faith. And the, the idea of by faith means you, you trust him, you believe him, you believe what he says. It's wonderful to, for us to be able to trust each other because God has created us in such a way that we need relationships where we simply trust one another we, we know that we can trust the person, and so we put our faith in them. Well, our faith in Christ is inviolable. It can never be violated 
because he is totally and completely trustworthy, and we receive our acceptance from him simply by trusting him and putting our faith in him. So if you want acceptance, and every person does, they want acceptance with the most important people in their life, that acceptance from the most important person in your life is Jesus Christ and the Father and the Spirit. And you can receive that acceptance by simply trusting him, believing him, and putting your faith in him. And this is what God wants you to receive and then to experience joy. We're told in in uh, in the New Testament, and I'm trying to think of the verse, and I can't even think of it, First uh, Peter chapter 1, he says, although you have not seen him, he's talking to believers, he says, even though you haven't seen Christ, and Peter had seen him, he says, even though you you haven't seen him, you love him, just like I do. Paul had, I mean, Peter had seen Christ, and he loved him. But now he says to you, you haven't even seen him, but you love him, and you're not seeing him now, but believing in him. And because of this, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, which means joy and happiness is the result of finding acceptance with God through Jesus Christ. Christ wants to give you a gift, and that gift is he wants to give you the gift of being accepted by the Father. And he doesn't want to for you to delay and put that off to the future. He wants you to receive it now. He wants you to experience it now. And he wants you to be able to tell others about it now. That is joy inexpressible and full of glory. Inexpressible means you can't explain it. It's beyond your explanation. And it's full of glory because it makes you sense the reality of heaven's realities in your relationship with God. Let me pray. Our Father, thank you so much for the truth of our acceptance in you through Christ. We thank you. It's because of our faith in him that we have been received by you, accepted by you, justified by you. And so we have this relationship with you that fills our hearts with joy. Even before we have come to see you with our eyes, we look forward to that day when we'll be reunited with you and we'll see our Savior. We'll be face to face and we'll be able to see the one in whom we have trusted for all these years. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your promises that you always fulfill simply because we believe you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. To respond to this message or learn more, please visit calvarytruth.org.